It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Live around Australia on SEN Track. Welcome to Taz Racing Talk with Cam Luke and Campbell Brown. Hello everybody, wherever you might be. This is a big one. Taz Racing Talk, our first show into the wonderful state of Tasmania, of which... Campbell Brown is an ambassador. He's also a part-time DJ. We'll get to that very shortly. <laughs> there is so much to get into. No one loves Tassie Racing more than <laughs> I. And to be fair, on the basis of your Instagram stories <laughs> and how many times you get down there, I am not going to argue that point. Wherever you might be around this fine country, and in particular, deep in Tasmania as we head towards a big weekend, not just in the state of Tasmania, but also very, very, very big chances for a couple of Tasmanian superstars to run well in big races, in particular the Fian. We'll talk a little still a star. We're going to touch base a little bit more about our favourite Tasmanian horses and plenty of guests as well. How are you doing, big fella? I'm going well. Yeah, and I can't complain. Uh, always get excited on, on a Friday yes. because it, it means yeah. the good racing's just about to start. Yeah, so... Um, We've got one running today, actually, mm. full knots ahead uh, in Bendigo that Siggy Carr uh, trains. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the, uh, the the Tasmanian runners all week and then some big ones Ooh. on the weekend, like you mentioned. All right, Peter Staples to join us in about 30 seconds' time, but we've got to, we've got to start this. We're doing Tas Racing Talk. We need to lay it straight down our favourite Tasmanian runners. Far away. Oh, really easy for me. Yeah. Um, the cleaner. Oh, a two-time Fian Stakes winner, of course, goes... Uh, well, he doesn't go tomorrow, but the Fian Stakes does. And a horse that with that front-running style we all love. Courageous horse. Oh. And uh, yeah. Mick Burl's a trainer. Just mm-hmm. a good story. Went mm-hmm. to the, the Cox Plate on a couple of occasions. Mm-hmm. Only ran four lengths off Adelaide mm-hmm. uh, one year, then backed it up. Ten lengths off Winks. Mm-hmm. So it was a serious horse. I know it never ran in, in the placings in the Cox Plate, but uh, gee whiz, it... Um, he, uh, he had a, a big heart and kept boxing on it. In, in fact, remember when the around the turn just moved out just enough to give Huey Bowman and Winks a, a saloon passage through, but what a horse. Uh, courageous. Uh, a horse very similar to yourself, to be nah. fair, Brownie. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. Now I've gone too far. Hey, Mystic <laughs> what Journey about yours? for me. Yeah. Mystic Journey, the All-Star Mile. I know there are people who look at the All-Star Mile and go, oh, I don't know how much. I, I love it. I love. We love entertainment. We love what it does. I was there at Flemington on that day. Of course, Australian Guineas a couple of weeks earlier and goes bang in an All-Star Mile. So Mystic Journey for me. Yeah, good horse. We'll see, I think, again very shortly. There's a big crew down in Tassie swooping the boys that uh, mm-hmm. will be disappointed that we didn't say the inevitable because they've got a share in it. They've been tipping that horse mm-hmm. To us right throughout its yeah. journey. I think it's one ended up winning nine well, starts and it's get, still going well, beautifully. Ba- back to last week I did. did I, I took the shorts. No. And I'll be honest, <laughs> halfway through the race I was like, hang on a second. But he was able to peel out and get the job done. But there is an amazing amount of high-class horses, greyhounds, 
harness racing superstars that have come out of this great state. You can let us know your favourite, 0499 736 And, of course, to be fair, an absolute superstar when it comes to Tasmanian racing is Peter Staples. And he joins us, and he will, each and every Friday right here on Tas Racing Talk to kickstart what's going to be, be a big weekend. Pete, hello to you. Yeah, g'day, Cam. G'day, Brownie. It's great to be a part of the show. Yeah, it's exciting, isn't it? There, There is so much going on, and we're going to talk over the, the spring and summer months about everything that's happening, you know, in Tasmania over the weekends. But we are seeing more and more of these Tasmanian horses, a couple that we did mention, who are heading and taking on some of the big Group 1 races in Melbourne and Sydney. Yeah, well, Siggy's mare racing today. She's um, She thinks she's, she's a sneaky chance, uh, full knots ahead, to be a sneaky chance to, you know, get into the minor cups and then maybe have a look at the bigger ones. Uh, she's always been a good stayer and uh, she's just starting to hit the line well. So um, today I'll give her a better indication. Anytime, I don't know about you, Brownie and, and, and Pete, uh, I don't know about your thoughts on this, but anytime I see a Tasmanian horse, because I feel the Tasmanian trainers uh, giving the horses a huge chance to, to grow into themselves, to mature, and then they don't necessarily jump on the spirit of Tasmania or head to a Group 1 or a Group race or a listed race in Melbourne or Sydney without having a legitimate chance. Mm. That is why here in Melbourne in particular uh, at SEN Track headquarters and when it comes to the spring, we do look at them and I think a lot of punters jump on because we know they're fully prepared for what they're about to go in. It's not just simply a throw at the stumps. Well, I had this conversation with Brownie when he was last in Tassie. I know you remember, mate, we talked about yeah. you know, the quality we send over. And, uh, it, and all the people all around Australia um, are starting to take notice. So I think the inevitable, when he won the the, uh, the Silver Eagle, and we all know what happened to him in the Golden Eagle, um, yeah. getting smashed about. But I think that says a lot of things. And Scotty Brunton has been a, um, you know, he's been great for Tassie Racing because he's been prepared to take them over and expose them at that level and of course Adam Trinder with Mystic Journey and not just Mystic Journey but other horses when they believe there's a race that suits them they'll get on the boat and go over and do it and uh, probably the one that started it all off was the cleaner with Vicky Burles. No doubt about that do you think that um, Scotty Brunton would have had one eye on the, the weather forecast before uh, he um he had a look at Shot of Irish for tomorrow because we know that the horse loves to sting out of the track now um, Mooney Valley's a good three right now as we speak, but there is significant rainfall meant to to come down over the next 24 hours. They'll be racing on a soft. I don't think it'll get to a heavy, but perfect conditions for shot of Irish and, and Talia Hope should uh, should relish the ground. Yeah, well, Scotty is really good at playing. <laughs> <laughs> really, I mean, really good. So uh, uh, hopefully he can play extra hard and get the right right, uh, right surface. It's run a couple of weeks ago in that incredibly fast 1,500-metre race where Sovereign Award tried to break the land speed record. And yeah, it, 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 to be fair, it shot of Irish took the peloton up after Sovereign Award and was able to hold on. The Graves went up to it on the bend and looked like we'd run past, and then shot of Irish was able to beat it home. So I think it was Skyman that got up on the inside and ended up beating it. But if you're able to find a bit of a slower pace tomorrow, I think with this rain, as Brandy touched on, uh, at Mooney Valley, or at least be forecast. I, I must tell everyone, I know Jane Bunn, but I, I legitimately think that Shot of Iris is a huge chance tomorrow. What do you reckon, Brownie? Go hard to place and a little bit to win? Oh, I think it's a pretty nice price, mm-hmm. yeah. I know it's a good, really good field, but it's current, It's raining at the moment, and um, you know, $10 the win, um, over $3 the place. Yeah, I think it's a, a, a perfect each-way play. Oh, <laughs> 
So there we go. The Tasmanians right now are just starting to really warm to a horse. Get, and, of course, automatic into a Cox Plate. And then the, the stories and so much of that narrative around the cleaner back in 2014-15. We'll start again with this horse. Well, you know, it's funny. Talking about the cleaner, I had Ben Dorries from News Limited, um, and he's doing a feature piece for the Herald uh, Sun tomorrow uh, about the theme. And he rang up and just to check a few bits and pieces about the cleaner. Um, and also he's going to have a talk to his daughter, Carissa. Um, and uh, she was very, very close to her dad. And so he's going to have a little special feature piece on the cleaner uh, on Fian Day tomorrow in, uh, in the Herald Sun. Oh, looking forward to that. Can't wait for it. Such a big weekend all around the state. And, of course, a couple of these Tasmanians taking on some big races in Australia. But a, a man... Well, he just continues to get the job done. I speak of Graham McCulloch. He joins us on the line right now as well. Graham, welcome to Taz Racing Talk. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, good to be on. Uh, I tell you what, it's a it's a pleasure to have you. But uh, talking about good, you must have been feeling pretty happy last Sunday because any time you can uh, farewell a horse in the winner's stall, it's always a, a nice way to send it off to stud. Yeah, no, I was very pleased that she finished her career off with a with a win, she's won her last two now before she went to stud, so that was good. She's been a very good mare since we've bought her and, um, yeah, done a good job. I speak of Galway's girl who, who who won the last uh, last week. Was that always the plan to uh, have a crack at this preparation, see where she ends up, or did it sort of change halfway through? Well, what, what is the planning when it comes to, and, of course, you being a breeder as well, when it comes to placing these mares and when they're getting retired? Yeah, look, um, so since we've bought her, we've won five with her and... Um, and um, that's only a bit over 12 months, and so she's done a very good job, and she probably should have been very unlucky in the Devonport Cup. She sort of raced uh, three wide with no cover, and she was a kilo overweight that she carried and, and only just got beat. So she... And what was tempting to continue on this year with her to try probably again at a race like that, but uh, she's uh, just turned six, so we just felt it was time for her to go to stud she's very nicely bred mare and um so we just thought uh yeah she's probably better off at stud now you've gone to the top shelf grain you've gone to uh um Darley's number one stallion exceed and excel and i just checked the service fee 130,000. so probably west one won't find its way into the uh, tasmanian sale yeah i might have to uh, come and come and get a loan <laughs> off you pete to pay for the service fee but um anytime yeah, look, Graham, we... anytime <laughs> We just felt that uh, it was an ideal stadium for her to go. I mean, she's beautifully bred. She's biome invincible and um, out of a stakes-winning pinch mare. And um, we just felt, seeing Nick Sells, uh, I mean, he gets he's a proven stallion and he gets early goers, so we just thought he'd be an ideal stallion to start her career off, hopefully, on a you know, pretty good winning note early with a progeny. Well, you bought her specifically to be a broodmare, didn't you? Yeah, we did, yeah. Yep. All right, well, uh, well, she's going to uh, the Fastnet Rock Stallion, uh, sorry, um, to exceed and excel, and your Fastnet Rock Stallion, uh, Zululand, um, boy, wasn't he impressive at his first, uh, the first progeny that went through the ring this year's sale at uh, the Tasmanian Magic Million sale. Um, great result. You got two that sold for 100000 each and one for seventy five. Gross six hundred and thirty-one from fifteen lots that were sold. Um, average forty-two thousand. You would have walked away with a huge smile on your face. Yeah, look, uh, they were lovely horses, but was um, you know 
very excited the way that other people perceived the, they were at the sales. They they were the talk of the sale, and um, and good judges bought them. Like um, McAvoy bought one for a hundred thousand. Lindsay Park bought one for a hundred thousand. Gordon Richards bought one for seventy-five thousand. So all the good judges were on them. So hopefully that now that they're in good stables, they can perform well and, and then set off his stud career. Uh, Graham, I'm interested. In, sorry, go on. I was just going to ask Graham, like when it, when it comes to like sitting down and, and you know you map races, you you look at horses, you train, and then you map here, you go there, and all the other things. So there's a great deal of research into it. When it when it comes down to sitting down and 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 mapping that broodmare and and where's it going to go and who's it going to go to it how much research goes into that and how much time do you spend on sitting down and and, and trying to pair the right stelling with the particular horse that you have yeah well my son Bart and myself do it and uh, I sort of try and match them up probably more on confirmation and what stallion would suit what mare as in you know confirmation probably speed wise yep. he does. Um, he does the pedigree matchups, so he's he's into that, whereas I'm not. But um, so we just sit down and have a talk about it and work out which stallion we'd think could suit that particular mare the best, and there we go from there. Well, Brady, you would but, have come across Bart, Bart McCulloch, uh, Graham's son, because um, when he played for Brisbane, I think you were playing for the Gold Coast. Is that right? Yeah, that's yeah, that's all. I've, I was at the Gold Coast 2011 till. The end of 2013, so uh, my three years there, and then uh, yeah, might have been before. Yeah. about ten years since uh, 10, 11, 11, 11 years. But I think about thirty-one now. He was drafted when he was eighteen. Yeah, eighteen to Brisbane. So yeah, so it's probably about twelve years ago. I yeah. just turned thirty-eight on the weekend. So geez, time's uh, time's flying. I'm sure. If, I'm sure if he ran into you, Brownie, on the on the field, he would have. Finished up second best. <laughs> this, this, this is my issue. This is my issue, man. Anytime we have a, a guest that ends up, there's a link to a former player. Brownie's normally giving him a cheapie behind the ball. So for a split second, I got a little nervous where this convo was going. <laughs> but it's, uh, look, it's, it's good. I'm interested in the one that you didn't sell at the sale, Graham. Uh, that was the Zululand Philly. Now, the reason I ask is that Turk Warrior, that was... Tassie's best two-year-old, unbeaten from six starts, won all the features, classics. Um, he was uh, he was passed in at the sale too, um, wasn't he? And uh, he was bought after that. So have you sold the filly that was... Uh, no, no, we're, no, we're breaking her in at the moment. And, um, yeah, and Turk Worry was the same. as so we took him to the sale and didn't get a bid for him. Um, uh Sold him. Uh, well, well, I think we had a thirty thousand reserve on him. We really liked the horse, but um, uh, didn't get a bid. And then uh, we broke him in, and um, uh, and someone bought him after we'd broken him in, and we had him. Oh, I think we put him might have put him in a jump out or something, and they give us good money for him. But uh, as it turned out, it probably wasn't enough now. But good luck to them, and they've done well, and uh, they've come back and bought a couple more yearlings off us at the sales this year. So. Yeah, all good. Hey, Graham, you do a lot of it, obviously, yourself. Do you break them in yourself? You, you got your own little uh, pre-breaking area down there or does someone else do it for you? Uh, no, we do it ourselves. Yep. Not that yep. I ride, ride anymore now, but, um, yeah, I've got uh, workers that uh, ride and uh, good good riders and, yeah, good with young horses. So um, uh, we've broke, I think, four Zulu lands in this year and, they seem to have very good brains on them. They're quick learners, and uh, yeah, so hopefully they'll get the track running. 
Hey, before we let you go, we always appreciate your time and no better guest to kickstart Taz Racing Talk. Uh, I, I will ask you, though, you do seem to do everything, and I want to know when you're going to have another winner. Can you give you – you got a bit of an idea as to when you might have one running soon that you think might go okay? Um, I've got a couple in on Sunday. Uh, they're both in the same race, but they're a little bit unknown because they're both having their first starts for me. One's having its first race start, and it's trialled very nice. A horse called Wayne's Quest and ran a good time in a trial. Drew, Drew wide, but um, it did show quite a bit of gate speed the other day. And then I've got a horse having his first starts come over from John McArdle, uh, a horse called Poet Warrior, but he's drawn wide too. So um, I think they'll both go fairly good, but I wouldn't like to split them because I just, yeah, I just a bit unknown with both of them as soon as they're having their first starts for me. When you do uh, pick up another horse from a, a trainer like Johnny McArdle, Poet Warrior, how long does it take you to to just learn the little idiosyncrasies and get to know the horse uh, enough? Yeah, look, I, um, it does take a little while to work them out, but I mean, I've, I know John well and I talk to John and he tries, you know, passes on as much information as he can. Yeah. Uh, we've mainly sent this horse back over here because he's tennis bonus um, eligible and... Um, uh, so they thought they'd send him back over here to try and pick up the Taz bonus with him. Um, and uh, But it does take a little while. I haven't sort of uh, been very hard on him since he's been here. I've only had him about three or four weeks, but um, I thought um, I'll go a bit light on him for a start and just see how we go with him. But, uh, yeah. Well, we look forward to it. We look forward to Sunday as well. Uh, a couple of debutants, always exciting. Graham, we appreciate you jumping on the line, having a chat to us. Good luck for not just this weekend, but uh, the spring and the summer going forward. Okay, good to talk to you. Graham McCulloch, a man who's done, well, as he just explained there, everything, breaks them in, trains them, breeds them, sells them, gets other horses, makes them, helps them win. He does it all, and he's been doing it for a long time. To somebody who's going to join us now, who's been doing it, for a shorter amount of time, but at a very high level, I speak of last season's leading apprentice, Cody Jordan. Cody, hello to you. Hello. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for jumping on the line. Uh, <laughs> great first year. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. It was definitely a very, very good year. I just, yeah, I never expected it to go the way it did, and I can't complain with how it went. Look, Cody, when anyone becomes a professional athlete, and I'm, I'm sitting one, next to one Campbell Brown, a former pro athlete in, in the AFL ranks, they, they just assume that when they roll into it, it's, they're going to have some success. But even in your wildest dreams, do you think you'd have this type of first year? Uh, it's something you kind of always hope for, but at the end of the day, it was just, it was never, you know, like I never had massive goals or massive achievements. It was just to kind of get through the year and just, keep learning and so for the outcome to be what it was it was pretty aesthetic. Cody got a good book of rides on Sunday in Devonport uh, starting off in race one with DeRoach. Um, what what are you going in on Sunday the most confident on? Yeah I would think DeRoach. I mean I've had a couple of seats on her now and she's just a very classy mare so I am very excited to ride her and grateful that they've put me on because it's not like she's carrying too much weight or anything so yeah, I think that that'll be starting the day a good way. Cody, you've uh, you've also taken the ride on that first starter for Graham Wayne's Quest that you rode in a trial recently, one by five lengths, ran the eight hundred and forty eight nineteen, quickest of the day. How did the horse feel to you? Yeah, he feels really good. He's 
still like, I mean, he's still a young horse that's never raced and you can feel that. But at the same time, he knows what he's got to do. And yeah, he ran a really nice time in that trial and a previous jump out. He actually did a very similar thing and ran a nice time. So he's very exciting too for all the connections. And I'm hoping from the wide gate, we can use that early gate speed and have a bit of luck. Oh, well, you've come a long way in a short time, really. And uh, But there was a stage where your parents uh, were adamant that um, you couldn't just jump into being an apprentice jockey. Just give us a bit of a story. Yeah, well, I worked for Ange Brakey in Sheffield for probably just over four years. And all that time, I was just riding track work. And mum was actually up there as a stable hand, too. And she got to see the size of it and how, you know, like, they're not a big crazy animal most of them are pretty tame and but dad from the sidelines never really got to see a lot so when I come time to trying to tell him that I was going to give it a go as an apprentice it was probably a bit much for him but he's come around he's come to it quite a fair few race days now and he he actually gets a bit excited I think now so (laughs) which is good. Cody what what would you say is the uh the biggest thing being an apprentice jockey is it um, is it the weight? Is it expectation? Is it the pressure? What what do you find? It's a great job, um, but do you, do you find that sort of the most uh, grating or, or something that frustrates you the most about jockey life? Um, I think like there is so many positives to it, and every time you cross the line on a winner, it's just a massive. Massive positive, but I guess the downfall is there are a lot of negatives. You know, there's a lot of downsides. Sometimes it could be your weight kind of, you know, you can't just go out and do what you want. You need to keep that in the back of your mind. And I guess in some situations, the pressure is quite, it is half daunting, I guess. Like you can see, I had a really good role, you know, getting towards the end of last season and then, I actually had in sight that I could win the premiership and I didn't think the pressure got to me, but um, looking at on paper and free plays and stuff, the pressure got to me because my riding just changed a bit. And So, yeah, like for all the positives, there are downsides, but the good definitely outweighs the bad. So. Well, when, you, when you're doing what you did in that first year, it definitely outweighs the bad. Congratulations for an outstanding <laughs> start. We, we haven't even been able to get into the couple of uh, missions you come to Victoria early in your career and just went bang, bang, bang <laughs> straight up there too because we are running a little bit of shorter time, but there is no doubt you will uh, you will be a, a constant on the Taz Racing Talk radio show. We look forward to chatting again real soon. Thank you very much. Absolute superstar. Cody Jordan going in the right way. Campbell Brown, Cam Luke, and, of course, Peter Staples. Now, Pete, I think we're going to say goodbye to you here. Mate, you got something for us on the weekend, one that us and the listeners should just put a little bit of money on? Get your pen out, Brownie. Got it. Got race, it Brown. three, race three, number five, Tassie Miss, Adam Trinder's mare. She's, she's got to win this. It's just a race that says I'm going to win it. Race three, number five, Tassie Miss. And race five, number one, Michael Trinder's horse, Possession, the grey horse. Um, he's better than Dargo. Um, so whatever they put up, get, because I reckon he'll start a short price favourite. And if you want something at real value, this race two that we talked about, the Graham's got a couple in it. I think there's a, a, a roughie that's got a real good chance first up, and that's Champagne Cinders. Race two, number 12, Johnny Black as Philly, Champagne Cinders. She contested some of the two-year-old races last season against uh, Turk Warrior. 
And uh, I like this filly. I think she's going to go places as a three-year-old. And I think she might show up despite the wide draw in race one. Yeah. Oh, sorry, race two. Race two, 12 champagne cinders. Now, now, Pete, as we say farewell, we are hoping that, that that grain of confidence I can pick up in your voice there is one that's going to continue each and every Friday. So I uh, look forward to you just dishing out winners left, right and centre. Great for you to be a part of the kickstart of the show that we have. Brownie and I are so excited to be involved. So thank you and we'll talk again soon. It's great to be aboard, boys. Gamble Brown, Cam Luke, this is Taz Racing Talk. You can watch us. This is why we're in the big studio, Brownie. There, yeah, big wave to the camera. You can watch us via the SCN app. Check it out. As we go to the break, plenty more on the other side of this. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Cam Luke and Campbell Brown. Gearing up for a big weekend. We can't wait for it. You can get involved. 0499 736 736. We're about to get stuck in to harness racing on the other side of a big weekend and a return of a fan favourite. Looking forward to that. And, of course, you can watch us. Remarkably, you can watch us. Hey, I do like, just quickly, the news it's moments you, away. You remind me of that yeah, sometimes you could do anything in the shit. <laughs> Take your top off or whatever you do. <laughs> hey, uh, I, I do like the fact that a couple of things. Peter Staples referred to a conversation that I'm assuming that if it was later in the day. No, of course I remember you know, that. You do remember. Of course, of and course. you are a part-time Tasmanian racing DJ, right? Sometimes, late in the day. Yeah, uh, Devonport, Devonport Cup, Cup. Uh, Hobart Cup, and, and then Lonnie <laughs> Cup. I've been down there the last two years. And... Um, Things have got jovial. I'm yeah. not going to say out of hand, but um, quite jovial late in the day. Um, the one thing that we we touched on, yes. Johnny McArdle's sent a horse mm-hmm. um, down, new trainer um, with a Tassie bonus. I had some good friends of mine that owned a horse called Banstead mm. at Richie yes. Lamming, and um, and they weren't having much joy here in Victoria, so they sent it down to Tasmania. Next thing you know, it had won four races, been runner up a few times, and and the the syndicate that was involved all of a sudden went from not having a great time when your horse keeps getting rolled to, you know, winning all these Loving races it. down in, in Lonnie and Devonport and, and Hobart. And it was just a, a great experience for him. And the horse got its confidence now. It's, it's back here racing in, in Victoria again. But that's just a, another classic example of, of what you can do as owners um, when you just want to uh, want a change of scenery. And what a beautiful part of the world it is to do it as well. Taz Racing Talk, Campbell Brown, Cam Luke, plenty more after the news. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Cam Luke and Campbell Brown. Uh, what a way to uh, get stuck into what's going to be a big weekend in Tasmania. And, of course, as we touched on, some big, great uh, Tasmanian horses taking on some big races, including the Fian Stakes. Now, though, let's have a little look at the Harness Racing Weekend because there is a return of an absolute Legend, a, a fan favourite too, although it's been off the scene for the better part of 18 months. In fact, the horses never ran. The horses never competed while coronavirus is a thing, pretty much, Brownie. That's how long. <laughs> it's a different world now. <laughs> it most certainly is. Jamie Cockshot joins us, who is our harness racing expert on Taz Racing Talk. Hello, Jamie. Yeah, how you going, lads? We're excited. We're excited. Huge weekend ahead of us. Yeah, no, it is a good weekend, mate. Pity about the weather over here. It's- um, pretty heavy rain at the moment, but you know, she'll clear up before Sunday night for sure. Hey, Sunny Sands is who I referred to. Uh, well, I think it's nine of ten, but uh, has been out for a little while. What are we expecting? Yeah, Sunny Sands, you know, he's been a he's been a super horse, super juvenile. He's only tasted a feat once in his in his injury play career. You know, his trainer Kent Rattray's done an outstanding job with him, and he's going to be great to see him back on Sunday night. Uh, it's a pretty tough race because, you know, the rating system puts him up in free-for-all company. 
He's drawn a tad wide, which won't be easy, and he comes up against a, a very informed horse called Yorkshire. But it's great to see Sonny back, and let's just hope everything goes well. He comes through the race well, and we see him racing, you know, for the next 12 to 18 months without any injuries. Hey, just, just quickly before we get to our next guest who's about to join us, uh, any time there's a fan favourite, a horse that has burst onto the scene and, and did what he was able to do and, and, and enforced layoff, unfortunately, but it just adds a bit of spice, a bit of excitement and a much different vibe, even in these tough times. Uh, sure does, mate. You know, like, you've got to take your hat off to the connections. They've been very patient with him. And, you know, he has got a big boom on him. And, you know, his record stacks up. You know, if he didn't miss last year, he would have won the four-year-old size. And, yeah, he would have nearly made, made a clean sweep of him. Oh, no, he's a very top-quality horse. And if he stands up, mate, I'm sure he will quit himself well over the um, in Victoria or Sydney, you know, next season for sure. Now, Jamie, any time we uh, have the, the privilege to speak to you, we know that you're going to be able to get some big guests as well. I think uh, when it comes to royalty... In, in, in Harness World, I think our, our special guest you've been able to get on the line is exactly that. The family is absolute royalty. Yeah, they sure are. The Retro family, mate, they're synonymous with all Tasmanian harness racing. Goes back to, you know, Todd's grandfather, Wayne, who started all, and Todd's father, Barry, who's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, then his brother, Gareth, who's a Hall of Famer. His brother, James, who's had a great career up in Sydney, you know, bow tied fame. But, mm. but Todd's a cut out his own career and, you know, he's an outstanding, you know, trainer driver in his own right, mate. And it won't be long before he's going to find himself in, you know, the Tasmanian Hall of Fame in years to come. Yeah, no doubt. And he joins us now. Todd, welcome to the show. Thanks, mate. Hey, before, before we get into the weekend and everything else, was there ever a time that you thought about doing something outside <laughs> of harness racing? <laughs> yeah, there was. Um... Yeah, but uh, probably my talent wouldn't get me to the football, so AFL. So, um, yeah, I had to stick with it. It is an incredible family and one that uh, you're such a huge part of. Uh, you've been in some ripping form as well, and the excitement around this weekend and, and the next couple of months must be starting to really go through the roof. Yeah, uh, this is the time you want to be going good, and um, thankfully our horses have just stepped up, so... Um, um, hopefully, I can get them all on track and um, uh, flying. Hopefully, hey, just 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 before we let these uh, Jamie and Brownie uh, let loose, just how big's your team? For people who may not know a great deal about you, how big is your team, and and how many have you got uh, working together to make sure that the horses are ready to go when when it's time to be called upon? Yeah, probably got about thirty three in work. Um, yeah, I've got uh, probably three stable hands and a couple of drivers. So um, yeah, it's pretty full on, but. Um, yeah, we get through. It's an all-year proposition, um, you know, horse racing. Um, but do you get an extra pep in your step a little bit leading into to spring when you know that this is, you know, this is the business end of of the racing season, and uh, you really want to uh, get the results. Yeah, you do. Uh, I, I think you work a bit harder. You get excited for those big races. Obviously, when you start to drive in those big races, the nerves are, nerves are out and um, you've got to step up sort of thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's really exciting time. Work a bit harder, but also celebrate a bit harder too, you think? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah when, whenever we can. <laughs> um, yeah, you've got to make sure you win. <laughs> Fire away, Jamie. Yeah, no, well, well, it is a big night on Sunday night. But we'll go through, through a couple of your, your main chances. And um, one of the first ones comes up in the... The two-year-old two year race. You've got the very consistent maybe going around, and um, 
what do you think of his chances, mate? Uh, yeah, I think every time he goes around, he's getting a bit better. So um, hopefully he improves off second. So um, I, I think he, he'll get um, go forward early and hopefully gets a good spot. Um, he's pretty strong, so and he's improving all the time. So hopefully he can improve again. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of first starters in it, you know, that have tried okay, especially the one trained by Chris Howell at Mickey O. He tried pretty good on Monday night, but you draw to the inside, so you're going to keep to him to your outside, and that's going to take you a long way to winning the race, mate. Yeah, that's right. Um, obviously, you, you have to do your form with it. His first start is a bit hard sometimes, but um, you've, got to, you've got to trust your horse sometimes too, and um, hope, hopefully he can bring his best for footfall. Uh, I'm sure he will, mate. But we'll, we'll duck back to the first. Yeah, I mean, you picked up the very good juvenile filly from a couple of seasons ago from called Bridwood Bella. Yeah, formerly trained by Rowan Hadley and all us Tasmanians know that um, she's a brilliant two-year-old filly, but she was very headstrong. Um, but she's ended up in your stable and I wouldn't be surprised one of the reasons behind that is to see if you can settle her down a bit. Yeah, that's right. Um, obviously, we've been trying to do that and um, yes, she's she's starting to get to it now, but um, I think I might just take a few uh, race runs just to hopefully get her back to where she was. But um, she she's still a bit firing, um, yeah, and we haven't took her to the races since since we've had her. So um, hopefully she behaves herself. So that's just a bit of a warning out there for the punters. You know, just just need to be a bit wary of her first up. Um, because she can be a bit temperamental and she can't get very keen. <laughs> um, we'll head across to race four, mate. You've got Kadar, who was a very good winner last time, coming from a long way back. Very well driven by the young fella. Um, you know, this race got a little bit of depth in it, but, you know, he's racing well. Yeah, he is. Um, I think he ran a pretty good half. and Yes, uh, Kelly drove him pretty good, so um, I'll have to improve off him. It's... Um, yeah, he, he, if he gets a good run, he, he should be in the finish. Um, he works pretty good at home. Um, really, he should be going better at the races. Um, but um, I changed a little bit of gear on him again. Hopefully that improves him, uh, obviously, with the step up and grade. And, um, hopefully he'll be there in the finish. No, he looks a good each way chance. Um, we'll bypass the three for you. I've got a driver or a runner in it. We'll head across to race six. You've got the consistent Mazazu. Um, his last couple of runs have been pretty good, and he, he gets a front-line draw. Um, he's got a bit of gate speed. Um, I don't know whether he can get across the three to the inside because they're all trained by Vignal, but if he gets up on the speed, he's definitely going to give a good side of each way odds. Yeah, he's probably got held up the last couple of runs, but, um, yeah, obviously he's drawn the front row, and um, he does have gate speed, and he's pretty strong, so um, I think we might have to press the buzzer and um, get off the gate and... See, see how he goes this time, and um, hopefully he settles down. Yeah, well, then we go across to the stable star in race seven. Um, three-year-old you got. He's going to be the likely favourite for the upcoming Globe Derby three-year-old size stakes series. A horse called Lancelot. Uh, as a two-year-old, he was just learning all the caper, if you know. But he's really clicked as a three-year-old. Um, you know, he had three runs back a few months ago, and as a late two-year-old, he's really clicked and really starting to hit his straps and. How is he for his first up assignment, mate? Yeah, he's been working pretty good. Um, yeah, pretty happy with him. Obviously, 
Um, so you're not wrestling against guys out of horses that are more mature and lifted. Um, if he brings his best foot forward, um, he, he, he should be too good for him. But saying that, he's, it's only a moment, he's doing six, so um, it's going to be a hard enough for him. But um, obviously, whatever he does this week, it'll be better in the fortnight's time. And you love that, you love your brother, that brother of yours kicking up on the inside on Stormy Sands. He won't be doing you no favours early, and he'll make sure you're in the victory, that's for sure. Uh, I'll make sure I get across him. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's, uh, well, <laughs> that's what we love. Yeah, there's a lot of rivalry there, but one thing I want to touch on, mate, is, is the form of the Floyd. You know, he's always been a favourite of mine, and I really have to give Lee Simmons a big pat on the back. You know, she's, I reckon you're the old man that's got into her ear over the last couple of weeks, just push the button early, don't take no prisoners and just drive him like the best horse in the race. And his last two wins, he's just demoralised his opposition and, and finally starting to show the promise he's always had. Yeah, exactly right. Um, she's done a good job, really. Um, he, he's not the best horse to handle, but um, he's been going pretty good. And uh, It's hard when you draw seven all the time and sometimes you just got to press the button and go and see what he can do and the last couple he's done that and he's been too good for him so hopefully he can keep him playing with that and um, uh, hopefully he gets through through his grades all right and uh, he might be all right for the country cups and those sort of races so um, we'll just see how we go with him. Big weekend Todd we do appreciate you jumping on to Taz Racing Talk and having a chat to us good luck for the weekend no doubt we'll, uh, we'll catch up again sometime real soon. Thanks mate. Good Todd, luck. Good luck. Jamie, you got one quick one. You got a tip for us before we let you go? Best of the weekend. Yeah, well, we'll just go, we'll go a parlay bet at Launceston, mate. You know, like only a bit of luck last week. So the parlay play for the night is a two, three, and four. You know, Mark Hunter's fame, as you know, boys. Um, race, race one, number eight, if it's to be up to me. Race four, number nine, Montana Lad. Race five, number nine, Yorkshire. And race eight, number nine, Guido Darciano. If we do a parlay two, three, and four, it'll cost us $11 for a $1 unit. And I think that's the best play of the weekend for me, mate. Bang. Love it. Jamie, love you jumping on the show. Looking forward to uh, having a chat to you more often as we head to the spring and summer months. No worries, fellas. Much appreciated. Yeah, we can't wait. 0499 736 736 to get involved. This is Taz Racing Talk. You can watch us, you can listen to us, which you are right now, and you can get involved. 0499 736 736. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Cam Luke and Campbell Brown. Get involved, 0499 736 736. It's Taz Racing Talk on the eve of a big weekend. And when it comes to Greyhounds, Brennan Ryan, our man. All right, guys. How, how you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. It's a pleasure to be on with you guys. Uh, it's a privilege to have you on because uh, when it comes to everything that's happening and all the winners, they all come out of your mouth, Brennan. This is a big weekend. It certainly is. We've got Greyhound Racing coming up at Launceston on Monday night and uh, with a 10-event program. I've got a couple of runners to follow. Um, in race four, I've gone with Over the Measure for Susan Giddis. Um, it's, this is a, an imitation-graded race over the 278. Um, look, Greyhound's going in brilliant form at the moment. Um, was a winner just a couple of starts back, but I think from the inside draw, it should be hard to beat and uh, yeah, should, could, should come home a winner there for the Giddis Kennel. I tell you what, Launceston on a Monday night's a nice place to be. It can get a little chilly. It can get a little chilly at different times, but it is a beautiful time of the uh, 
of, of the year to be getting involved as well. Just, just, just for people who may not be overly aware, when it comes to the Launceston track, how does it traditionally played? Is, is it a track that's in it's in nice, uh, nice order most of the time? Uh, yeah, it is. Look, uh, the way Launceston is situated, it's a um, it's a circle track, and it, it is more biased to the inside yep. runners yep. because it is a tight tight circumference and uh, you'll see a lot of the statistics show that the inside draw uh, you know from boxes one to four really show their hand in most of the races when you know for the for the winning factor anyway and that's something that uh, you'll obviously take into account there when you uh, give us a little tip there what else should we be looking forward to on Monday night uh, and we'll have our we'll have our pockets full after uh, of course a big weekend when it comes to uh, gallops and harness racing. So I'll be ready to just win more on Monday night. And I don't want to put the pressure on you, big fella, but um, it's all on you here, mate. So who else you got? <laughs> I've got one, another one there. I'm, I'm sticking with the inside runner. I've gone yes. with race seven here. I've gone with a greyhound by the name of Miss Habitat. Comes from a powerful camel of trainer Ted Medhurst. Uh, this greyhound has won six from nine in her career, and she's got a PB at twenty nine ninety one. Uh, that was uh, recorded when she won a Division Four JG Nelson Cup, and I think she should uh, return back to the track here and show, you know, a replication of the of the earlier form that she had during that series. Hey, Brennan, I, I like the fact that one that you told us about the the slight little bias occasionally to the the inside boxes, and then you've given us a couple that are uh, going to jump in those inside boxes on Monday night. I, I do like the the idea. I'm, I'm a times guy when it comes to any of the form that I do. I'm always looking at times and and how they compare to. To other greyhounds or other horses in the race, do you do a lot of time look at the times of how they run, or do you look at the the caliber of the field uh, before you look at the actual stopwatch? Oh, look, it's more, it's a bit of both. But in regards to Launceston, it's you know you've got to get out and go because it's a tight track, and you know a lot of the first sectional splits is where it's crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, if they can get down to running about five ten, five oh five, that's going to be your real genuine leaders, and then. Um, look, anything that can be pretty strong can get, you know, down in the the low 17s in, in the back sectional there. So it's, um, you know, it's yeah, it's it's a tough case, but you've got to be quick to win around that track, especially at Launceston. At SN underscore track as well, all of uh, Brennan's tips will be tweeted out so we can, uh, you don't need to necessarily have the, the old recorder recording the uh, Taz Racing Talk Show. You can just look on our socials because there's still a couple of days away on a Monday night. Hey, before we let you go, mate, the show's nearly done. Uh, any last words and anything else you're looking forward to over the weekend? Uh, no, look, looking to Father's Day and, uh, you know, there's always plenty of racing. Hopefully uh, my old man can find a winner or two and back a winner. But, um, yeah, no, it's pretty quiet with Greyhound Racing. We're looking forward to the Breeders' Classic coming up in a couple of weeks. But, um yeah, on the home front, it's um, yeah, it's always a good time for racing, and hopefully um, there'll be plenty of winners to follow. Uh, you know, in all codes. No, there's a couple of couple of big weeks, as you mentioned, and a couple of big months up ahead of us when it comes to greyhounds in this particular state. A great state of Tasmania, Brennan. We appreciate your time and look forward to you being a huge part of Tas Racing Talk going forward. Thanks, guys. Uh, catch up with you next week. Look forward to it. Thank you, Brennan Ryan, across all things Launceston on Monday night. You couldn't imagine any clearer. Mm-hmm. You run fast from an inside box at Launceston. We're going to fill the pockets Monday night. So make sure, yep. wherever you might be around this great country, if it's in the beautiful state of Tasmania or elsewhere, you're ready to go and be on the couch. Very important from that one draw that you stay out of trouble, yes. something you're not good at. Oh, God, oh please. <laughs> <laughs> But you've you got to tell your head in front. Doesn't matter oh, what's happening behind you. Oh, Grant. I'm not the cleanest character in the world, but I've got you covered when it comes to staying out of trouble. Taz Racing Talk.
First ever show in the books. We've had an absolute ball. What a weekend it will be. Looking forward to it across the beautiful state of Tasmania. Campbell Brown, Cam Luke, plenty more on SEN track on the other side of this.